Today's episode of Kobe and the Hustlers, we have 23-year-old Andrew Mitson, a recent inductee into the famed Forbes 30 Under 30 Club. At the age of 16, he dropped out of school and self-studied to a 98% average and received offers to read Economics at Cambridge and the London School of Economics. Amazingly, he graduated in 2016 as top of his year. In his final year, he co-founded Uplearn, an online learning system that guarantees A-level students with an A to A-star grade or they get their money back. Uplearn deploys neuroscience-informed artificial intelligence to determine students' strengths and weaknesses to construct personalized learning experiences. In addition to guaranteeing an A-star and A-grade, the company works with charities to give a course free to a child in need for every course sold. What a life to live I'm on the come up, oh, come up. What a life to live Hello, Andrew. Hi. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Thanks very much for being part of this new series of Kobe and the Hustlers. Uh, we're really, really happy to have you here. And we normally like to start off this amazing podcast with some really random questions. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to start off with, are you a Star Wars fan or a Harry Potter fan? I'm a Star Wars fan. Marvel yeah. or DC? Marvel. McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, neither. Like probably go for McDonald's. Okay. Mutton curry or chicken curry? I mean, depends on the restaurant, but <laughs> I'd, go for, I'd go for mutton curry if it's done well. Fair enough, fair enough. Good, cool, cool, cool. Fantastic. Thanks again for coming down. So first of all, I want to talk to you. Well done on your recent um, induction into being one of the Forbes mm -hmm. 30 under 30. It was a recent award. Uh, how does that make you feel like that's a great achievement already and you're only 23 yeah it's it's uh it's very exciting um more so because of the people that it introduces you to like at the forbes 30 under 30 uh launch party um honestly i was just surrounded by the most fascinating interesting people i've ever met that's uh, pretty cool it's like a girl there who's a quantum physicist at oxford but also a professional ballerina for instance wow real athletic um, mix of people yeah exactly yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an absolute fantastic. So, so, what's what? How did you? How did that even come about? Like, how does Forbes get in contact with you? How do they, you know, give you the award? Tell me, tell me that. Like, what's yeah, how, they, how does that even work? It's not that exciting. Okay. So, um, you get uh, you get selected uh, for this award, and they sort of narrow it down from a massive list of, of people in different categories, and then they send you an email. Um, and then you to say that you won. Yeah, okay, exactly. Fine. What category were you? Uh, part uh, so we were in two categories. So the first was social entrepreneurs, and the second was youngest. Oh wow, that's really uh, good. So yeah, that was cool. Um, and then you, they invite you to this launch party, which is a uh, in Soho. That's oh, fantastic! Yeah. So a really trendy part of London. Um, fantastic. So tell me about Uplearn. As in, actually, no, let's not talk about Uplearn yet. First of all, I want to understand. At 16, you decided mm -hmm. to throw school in, the, school in the toilet and start learning your A-levels by yourself. Mm -hmm. What made you do that? So I really struggled at school. I had a really hard time. I couldn't understand what was going on in the classroom. Um, typically, things just moved a little bit too quickly for me. Um, other times, the, the teacher wouldn't go into sufficient depth for me to build like a full conceptual understanding. And I have a really hard time sort of understanding things superficially. Yeah. Like just um, just been giving some sort of de 
declarative statement and being asked to, to remember it. I need yeah. to understand. Yeah, you need to understand the logic that's Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I started, um, so yeah, my, my school attendance sort of just dwindled um, and then it got quite close to my A-level exams and I realized that I didn't want to just throw everything away. I still wanted an education. So I started self-studying. I found these amazing videos on YouTube and uh, yeah, they pretty much got me through uh, my entire A-levels. Fantastic. And you did really well. And you then went on to study at mm -hmm. LSC. Yeah. Uh, and you again performed really well mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, graduates top of the year, top of your class. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, congratulations. And in, this, in the time, the year of your, your final year, you founded Uplearn. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about Uplearn. Uh, yeah. So Uplearn is uh, the product I wish... Uh, I wish existed when I was doing my A-levels because it was such a struggle scrambling between these YouTube resources and random threads and forums online. What Upland does is it, it puts your education in one place. So it's an online learning system. We provide everything from interactive videos that cover the content to exam technique walkthroughs, practice papers written by official LXL, OCR, AQA examiners. You've got live 24-7 tutor support from Cambridge and Oxford tutors. Um, you've got a thousand plus progress quizzes testing your understanding um, and the idea is you go through this course, um, you engage with our materials and what's happening as you do that is our AI is uh, analysing your strengths and weaknesses and it takes you back to the things you suck at most until right. you reach 90% in every single topic and at that point we can guarantee you an A or A style grade or your money back. Wow. Um, and so okay. far, we've had a 97% success rate. Uh, Fantastic. With, uh, so you really stand by your product because you're giving people their money back if they don't achieve their, uh, those expected grades, right? Yeah, exactly. I think there's so much bullshit in the education industry. Um, like if you take a textbook, for instance, <laughs> there's no way they'd ever be able to offer you some sort of money back guarantee or um, anything uh, that, that promises the quality of their, their products. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So, how? So you found this uh, obviously 2016, mm -hmm. and you we spoke offline about you've raised capital mm -hmm. um, for the company itself. How did you raise the capital? Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that Uplearn um, that that Uplearn was always at its core had had students in mind. Um, so we, we didn't go into venture capitals or, or anything like that just because um, there's always a risk that uh, they'll prioritize profit above purpose. Of course, example. yeah. Um, so we raised from uh, philanthropists, angel investors, people who wanted um, to get a fantastic return on, on their investment, uh, but also do something amazing um, yeah. for, in terms of social impact. Um, so a lot of it was just we... We were part of this uh, accelerator called Mass Challenge. So we got a lot of introductions uh, through Mass Challenge. Uh, some of my friends invested, and then my co-founder has his own network. And yeah. he raised through there. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So once you, what are you doing with the money? Um, I mean, are you throwing it, throwing it in casinos, or are you spending it wisely? How, does, how do you actually use that money right now to develop Upland? Yeah, so we actually, we did, we did burn the first £100,000 or At the so. casino? Uh, not at the casino, <laughs> but um, just through uh, some mishirings. Okay. Uh, so we, we hired about 60 people who then had to be fired. Right, okay. Um, or 60 of them, and that burnt a lot of money. Of course. Um, but uh, the intention is just to produce more courses. Right, so, okay. 
pre-raise, uh, we had one course in edXL um, economics, and it wasn't even a full course. It was half the course, and that's what we were selling. Um, and we'd had great success doing that, but we thought, you know, this would be amazing if we had five, six subjects, biology, chemistry, physics, etc. Yep. And so that's what we're working on right Fantastic. now. And we've got three subjects out. So you've got three subjects out mm -hmm. at the moment. Where do you want to go by, you know, at the end of the 2018 courses wise? Uh, yeah, so ideally we want, uh, at the moment we've got economics, physics and maths. They're still half complete or even less than that in some cases. Um, so we want those to, to be brought to completion and then exported into every single exam board at A-level. Uh, and then we've got psychology coming up, biology and chemistry. Those are the biggest subjects at A-level. And so we believe that you know, once all of those subjects are out, this company is going to achieve. Really blow. Of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what does the, you know, what, like the type of students that actually are going to be buying into your mm -hmm. courses, are they the students that similar to you didn't really, don't really pick up what they should be picking up in school? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, is that the type of student that you're targeting? I, I think it's, uh, I, <laughs> All last-minute.com students. That yeah, I mean, it, it's a range. I really don't think there's a specific student that we're sort of targeting. Yeah. The student that gets the most value out of our course is, yeah, a student who is really keen to learn but just hasn't been able to at school for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, bad teacher or maybe just distracting classroom environment, whatever. Sure, okay, fine. And how much do these courses cost to a student? Yeah, so each course is £230 per year, per subject. Oh, fantastic. And how many learning hours does that, uh, you know, course, well, that course cost, uh, cost give you, give a student? Yeah, so because the AI personalizes the course to each student, it varies massively. Okay. Um, if you're, uh, for example, super bright, you already understand most mm -hmm. of the content anyway, it might, you might be able to complete it in 10 hours. Um, but for the typical student, um, it's about 30 to 60 hours to get through Brilliant. all of the course and all of the exam techniques. Fantastic. Stuff. And have you got, you know, local schools or well, examination boards really giving you the approval, the rubber stamp of what you're doing? Or do, are you getting much support from them? Yeah, so uh, right now we're partnered with uh, quite a few multi-trust academies um, all across the country. And they're, um, they're delivering Upland to their students. They're promoting it. So that's uh, really exciting. Um, on the exam board front, we've got uh, OCR. Uh, we're in talks with them about um, endorsing Uplearn yeah. um, as in the same way that they would endorse a textbook. Sure. Um, and um, we have quite a few senior examiners, exam authors, who are working on a lot of our material, which suggests that, um, yeah, there will also be an opportunity for them to um, yeah. endorse officially. So. Tell me how Uplearn makes the material, course material. Like, do you get amazing teachers to come and like put together that material for the student to learn? How do you prep that student? What's what's the actual kind of information that they're looking at? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've sorted through sort of close to a thousand applications from Oxford, Cambridge teachers, etc. Um, what we've we found is um, even the best teachers in the world can't produce the content at the quality that we want it to be at. Just because the standard teacher is in front of a classroom educating 30 students, that's yeah. their, their experience. Um, and what will often happen in a classroom is maybe half the students will get it or 29 of the students will get it, but there'll still be one student who doesn't understand. Of course. The content we're producing 
Is content so clear that any student, regardless of their background, can fully understand it? Okay. Um, so what we've started doing is we've recruited really high caliber people. So our psychology um, content developer, she graduated uh, top of the year in psychology at Oxford. She has a PhD in, in uh, neuroscience, I believe. Um, and we've trained her up. So we've uh, we've taught her um, the fundamentals of cognitive science. So the how uh, students learn most effectively. We've taught her um, what good, clear content looks like. Um, we've taught her about reverse engineering the exam to make sure uh, the content you're producing gets students those top grades. And we work with them very closely, giving them iterative feedback until they're producing scripts that are just so clear, you read it, and you, get you get it, it immediately. Fine, fine. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I actually think the approach that you're you're bringing, I wish I had this mm. uh, opportunity to learn. And, um, you know, talking about, your, you know, at the moment, obviously, you're looking at A-level students. Mm -hmm. um, is there a potential future in teaching, say, university degrees off the back of this or modules in university degrees, potentially even going even further and maybe looking at teaching, say, you know, ACCA accounting? Um, what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking to to move into markets where uh, the, the the content is largely homogenized. So A levels are great because everybody's studying you know the same course. Um, GCSE is also great for the same reason. Uh, accounting qualifications, similar deal. University is a bit different because there are so many disparities between courses at different universities. Uh, so just to give you some context, every hour off uh, an upland course, 60 hours of production time goes into producing that one hour right, of okay. student experience. So it wouldn't be economical for us to do that at university. For so many different... Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it makes sense whenever there's a, a large enough homogenized market. Yeah. No, fantastic. So tell me what are... The, obviously, this is actually a business. So mm -hmm. tell me what are some of the business challenges that you're facing at the moment? Um, so, so right now... Um, we're actually doing quite well. I can tell you some of the business challenges we faced. Yeah. 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 Um, so you obviously touched upon it with hiring and firing a lot of, uh, so we say, you know, people that didn't fit your criteria. Yeah. So I mean, at the very beginning, the the problem was we just didn't have any money. So I was working like sixteen hours a day, producing not just writing the scripts for the video, but doing the audio recording, the audio processing, sketching the video, animations, animating the video myself, and that that took up a huge amount of time. Um, after raising, our problem was that we couldn't find the quality of, of teacher that we wanted who was able to produce the quality of content that we wanted. Um, and so, yeah, we, we went through uh, sort of a bit of a learning curve, understanding, um, working out how, how we actually uh, find people who are able to produce the content we want. And what we sort of settled on now is just hiring really smart people. Yep. Even if they don't have any teaching experience, because they're so smart, we can sort of train them and, and give them the tools needed to create incredible content. No, brilliant. So then going, you sound obviously a very motivated young man. Mm -hmm. Tell me how do you stay motivated every day, waking up, crack of dawn? How's it, how, how do you stay motivated every day? Oh, I, I don't. Um, no, I, I swing uh, massively from, uh, yeah, sort of motivational highs to um, just doing nothing for like an entire week. Okay. Um, one mechanism I've come up with recently is uh, I've started uh, training every day. Mm -hmm. So I have a trainer who wakes me up at the same time every single day and we do a super intense sort of boxing circuit workout in the morning. Yep. And that's kept me very sort of stable and motivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I definitely don't stay. I don't wake up every day like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to Yeah, seize the day. No, you don't. 
have yeah. that type of thing. Fair enough. So what do you, what's your plans for the next kind of couple of years? Where do you see Uplearn going? Uh, what's your ambition with that Uplearn? Yeah, so I guess the, the end goal for us is for the government to uh, recognize Uplearn as the most effective way of educating people um, and to then roll out Uplearn to every single school in the country. So students stop learning um, from their teachers, they learn everything from Uplearn, and that frees up the classroom to do you know, everything else, like how to start a business um, or extension material, like how to build a helicopter in a physics lesson <laughs> or something crazy yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I think that's what a 21st century education sh should be about. Um, no, that, that, I think that's a really good answer. And, and whatnot. And so, how about personally? Where do you personally want to be in the next five years? You're still a very young, mm -hmm. young chap, I have to say. And um, where do you see yourself personally in the next five years? What do you want to be achieving personally? You know, traveling, or you know, what do you? Where do you see? What do you? What do you want? What do you want to be doing? Um, yeah. So that's something I haven't uh, really figured out yet. I obviously I want to continue uh, growing the company. Um, another plan I have is to to start my own school where students learn their subjects through Uplearn and then the entire school year is devoted to extension, really enriching activities that, that build you into sort of like a superhuman upon graduation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also hoping to uh, start competing as a boxer um, for oh, my wow. first amateur fight uh, later this year, which should be fun. Oh, brilliant. Um, <coughs> yeah, and then I want to keep learning. So I've got uh, a master's degree I've got planned at, at Cambridge in finance and then after that, I want to move into neuroscience. Um, oh wow! So you're really, you've got a whole big list of things you want to. Yeah, it's a very. You want to achieve? Yeah. yeah, no, that's really cool. So then, the next question really is that: How have your parents really taken, you know, this whole entrepreneurship thing on board? You've 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 just come out of uni. You've got this startup. You know, how do they see? Do they understand what you're doing? Are they supportive? What what's the what's? How does that work for you? Uh, yeah, so uh, my mum has no idea uh, what okay. I do. Uh, yeah. She didn't even understand the Forbes 30 under 30 thing. Okay. I sent her a... <laughs> Don't worry, my mum probably <laughs> wouldn't understand that either. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've always been... Well, my mum's always been... Uh, uh, <laughs> she's always been sort of your, your uh, stereotypical Asian parent, uh, you know, uh, get a job instead, get yeah. some stability. Um, but, yeah, I've... Yeah. You fought that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've made it a okay. mission not to, to listen to us. Okay, no, no, fair enough. But I think you're doing really well. So that's, I think, and all our listeners, I think exactly will be thinking the same thing. So what are the most difficult things on a daily basis right now running your own company? What, what, what's the kind of daily challenges you face? Uh, that's an interesting one. I'm guessing there's no challenges. How about getting people on board, like students, to kind of buy in? Like, do you have a strong marketing kind of a PR team working on pushing this out to students? And again, not not particularly. We have a uh, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, um, and then word of mouth. But when Fantastic. students see that AA star guarantee, it's sort of a done deal almost. Yeah, and yeah. They, they sign up to the free trial. They see how wonderful the product is, and uh, we convert very well from there. Yeah, no. And you mentioned that obviously, if you don't, well, no, every single person that books through your uh, well online learning course courses, mm -hmm. you actually give a course free out to uh, someone that can't afford it. Um, so how do you? How did that come about? And how how well was that working for you? 
Yeah, so I, I used to be a private tutor and I would charge uh, exorbitant fees, like three figures per hour, for example. Um, and uh, that was great and I really enjoyed the work I was doing because I was helping students achieve incredible results. But the flip side was I wasn't helping other students achieving those incredible results. So um, private tuition for me and private education in general always seemed like a, um, a bit of a divisor and that it created a lot of inequality as much as it did raise the standard of education yeah. um, for those who could afford it. Um, so we, we were very keen uh, for that to not be a consequence of the work that we do. And uh, because after building a course, each like there's no marginal cost to providing a course to an extra student yeah. because it's just a, a package software basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we, we thought it made 100% complete sense of course, to, yeah. to offer um, a course free to a Fantastic. student who can't afford it. And have you had much success off the, off the back of those students that I'm sure you have because I'm sure your learning experience is great for them. But you know, what's the feedback from those students that didn't or couldn't afford it you know what have they said uh, about about the whole experience with Upland oh it's it's been absolutely amazing yeah uh, because we've had students who've got like BBC and then A in economics which yeah, they use the yeah. Upland course yeah. for and that's what got them into university brilliant um so yeah it's, it's been really uh sort of uh touching seeing that um, yeah. the product uh, no it, I think it's so rewarding well. that I, I obviously the ed tech scene is just amazing it's got huge growth for the growth for this year uh, one of the top kind of industries that they see massive growth over the next kind of couple of years I think you're in a, in a workspace which is amazing um, and whatnot and that's probably why you've got so much support especially funding on the funding side as well um, and I, I'm sure you'll do well so gonna come down to final two questions uh, the last second to last question is what advice would you give to students uh, right now that are going to be sitting exams this year? Yeah, so um, we have like a research summary that synthesizes 450 papers um, and elaborates on what the most effective learning techniques are. So if, to distill them into maybe just the top three, the first would be test yourself. Um, so a really easy way to do this is literally just to, to, to write your notes and to cover the page up and then to try and recall every single thing that you've just written down. Um, so that uh, that exploits the testing effect, um, which can have, which can lift your grade by up to 50%, which is pretty exciting. Um, so first is testing effect. Um, the second thing is um, spaced repetition. This is a little bit trickier. Um, might be too hard to explain for the for the podcast. <laughs> Keep that as a secret. <laughs> tell them to come and check out. Do you have then. show notes? Uh, we don't have show notes. No, we don't. But. <laughs> okay, well, uh, the second thing would then be to, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, the second thing is very related to the first, which is using flashcards. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, on one side of the flashcard, I would write a question to myself or um, something that I need to recall, um, and then on the back, I would have the definition or what I, whatever information I yeah. need to recall. Um, and then the third thing I would do is keep a silly mistakes sheet. So uh, particularly for maths, I would lose so many marks just because of silly mistakes. Um, and so what I decided to do is revise my silly mistakes in the same way I revised the rest of the content. So I'd make a list of these silly mistakes, I'd revise them, and then in the exam, um, I would be so much more alert to the silly mistakes that could potentially Yeah, um, wean out arise. those mistakes early, exactly. so when it comes yeah. to exam time, you're prepped. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. Okay, so 
final question now. It's great to kind of finish on this note, and I know a lot of our listeners would love to know the answer to this. How do you take an idea? What's, well, sorry, what's the advice you give to other hustlers that have got an idea and they want to launch it? Yeah, so um, I get this a lot, and uh, it often really amuses me. Um, so I met this guy the other day. He was like, I want to start a plumbing company, and I'm a plumber. Um, and my USP is that our plumbers will all ride around on scooters so they can get to appointments quicker than, than other plumbing companies. So I thought, that's great. And then he was like, yes, yeah, so I need 50,000 pounds. I was like, why do you need that? And he's like, uh, well, I need to you know, build a website, then I need to do the marketing, then I yeah. need to buy all of these scooters. Um, no, and no traction. Exactly, okay. yeah. yeah. So, so my, uh, uh, my advice to people like that, which is like most people, is you don't need an app, uh, you, don't need, uh, you don't need capital. Uh, what you need to do is create a minimum viable product. So rather than starting your scooter company with, with 10 scooters and this you know, super fancy website, uh, what you could do is go onto something like Squarespace, which is a website builder or Wix, um, and you can build a website for maybe 10 pounds. It can be a super simple website, so it could be like fastplumber.com or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then rather than hiring out 10 scooters, it could just be you, and you need one scooter to do that, and see if that makes money. And if it does make money, then you can reinvest that money and start growing the company. But if you find out it doesn't make money and the business isn't for you, then you haven't wasted £100,000 um, starting a, a fast boiler repair company that, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, that's, that's absolutely true. And uh, so, yeah, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's a fascinating story that a young man <laughs> like yourself at age 23 is doing so much and is looking to accomplish so much. So good luck and good luck with the boxing fight. That's, uh, when is that happening? September. September, yeah. good luck. I am hoping that you get the knockout. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening in to another episode of Kobe and the Hustlers. Next week, join us again and we'll be interviewing a hustler or a group of hustlers and finding out exactly what motivates them, what makes them successful and also what makes them tick. What a life to live. I'm on the come up, I'll come up.